0: Uh, to rub each other the wrong way. There's a lot more opportunity. Or the right way. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most men know the benefit of having sex whenever they want. I uh, just put that out there. Like, or I know, even I women. Know, like... I know that I have it made. Welcome to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are your host.
1: Tim and Jamie Holloway.
0: And we come at you twice a week, giving you the lowdown on...
1: Everything.
0: Everything. That sounded juicy.
1: It did.
0: <laughs> All right, we are back again. What's up, baby? Wow, How you doing? it's
1: not been two years either.
0: No, this time... You know... Oh, good. <laughs> Sorry. This time we decided not to wait two years for the next episode.
1: Very, very <laughs> good. I'm proud of us, honey. Yeah. You know what it has been though. What five years?
0: Five years,
1: holla. Yep. (laughs) Since we've been been together, huh? Yeah. Since our first date.
0: Yep. When? When is it? Wednesday, right? Yeah. Two days.
1: Yeah. Well, from the point, the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Because who knows when they're going to be listening to this?
0: Yeah. So two days. Well, they're going to be listening. We've got fast production of this podcast here. We
1: do. We have the best (sighs) podcast manager. producer thank you in the world
0: thank you thank you two days turnaround time (laughs) (laughs) so the 28th we've been together for five years our first date yeah yeah
1: it's been fun like seeing um like all these facebook memories um popping up from five years ago because right before we went on our first date i was in vegas with the kids and so i'm seeing memories of that it's like ooh when I was doing this, I had this phone call with you.
0: Yeah. Or,
1: you know, stuff like that. So it's been really fun seeing those memories. I
0: still uh, remember that phone call in Vegas.
1: Now, I think
0: uh, the reason why the first date I wanted to like kind of secure you and like you know <laughs> make sure that uh you know
1: secure me huh? secure
0: you that's a code word for you know get things down to your where mind
1: it, ain't nobody else's
0: pretty much pretty yeah. much that's kind of sounds kind of controlling though but to establish the relationship yes. to where let's like pursue us dating exclusively so we can see where it goes sort of thing yeah yeah that's because you know those conversations that we had like i kind of already knew so It's probably kind of weird, like the first date, like, hey, can we do this exclusive and see where it goes, you know?
1: I didn't see it as weird, though. No? No. Did you feel like it was weird?
0: No. Not really, no.
1: No. Because we had talked for a month prior to our first date. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Like daily, multiple times a day. Yeah. So. So I
0: never had that feeling to do that before, (laughs) you know, because there was like three dates before that, but that never felt an overwhelming feeling to go, Hey, do you think we can go exclusive? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't enter my mind, but it did from our conversations and, and just, uh, the buildup of, of meeting each other was pretty neat.
1: It was. And it was, you know, there was something about you that like at the time we were both working in the same field. And so I could like, you know, we would, how was your day? What'd you do today? Type thing. And we got each other.
0: Yeah. Like we totally
1: got each other and nobody else could get it.
0: Yeah. Just to give a little bit of clarity on that, because maybe our our listeners don't know. uh, I was working in a treatment center environment and uh, Jamie was working with at risk youth. And um, so very, very like kind of the same thing. But like some of the things, for example, I would deal with was like, you know, finding somebody hanging themselves in. in Yeah. and uh, uh, lifting them up and stopping the process and yeah. having a six-hour ordeal to, you know, bring them to uh, more of a baseline and
1: you know yeah. just
0: like really uh, deep stuff where it's like same with you. You had yeah. very deep stuff too. It's like
1: the mine was kind of the preventative.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can't just go <laughs> go talk to anybody about these things because first of all, no. they don't want to hear it. Um, yeah, because,
1: I mean, you you start talking about it, and this is how it made you feel, and this is what you saw, and this is what you experienced. To the average person, it could sound very morbid.
0: Yeah, yeah, but exactly. But we got it, because,
1: I mean, we, we dealt with the same stuff. I didn't deal with the actual attempts, um, but the kids I was working with, it was like, how do you, how do we keep you from getting there?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So interesting so five years i don't know how we five got into years? suicide and therapy but you know that, that's the way we roll on this podcast <laughs> it is you never
1: know at any rate
0: five years man it's, been, it's a, been
1: a roller coaster
0: you know what i was about to write down that word right at the beginning to remind myself of, uh-huh. of, of the roller coaster
1: oh that's funny um,
0: yeah it's so funny that you came up with so that's the word it, it, it's been a roller coaster ride uh, yeah. a journey and an adventure were the other oh, ones yeah. that I came up with what what are the ones you you come up
1: with um roller coaster highs and lows um adventure explorative maybe yeah. um
0: new re- newness there's something like uh, yes definitely new about everything that uh that we're in the process of and doing so yeah
1: I mean and I think new is such a great word because I experienced so many things with you that I had never, in my whole life, experienced with any other man.
0: Yeah, like an I'm, orgasm, or <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, those were very really few and far no, between. No, that was but a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and because this is a relationship podcast, we can do that stuff. We can.
1: <laughs> um, you yeah, know, if going mine from... was like
0: something I never experienced before was like someone I can actually trust. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, and like we
0: won't go too far down that rabbit hole. Yeah,
1: you know, it sounds funny, like not having someone you can trust, you know, ever in your past until you met me. Or for me, it was like I didn't know what a true relationship was. Could be because every single relationship I had ever had was unhealthy, dysfunctional, and not what I wanted.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So it was just super new, you know, and knowing and feeling and experiencing true love. Yeah. Like what a healthy functional love is.
0: Yeah. Man, that's so good. Yeah. So what's our topic for today, baby? What are we going to talk about?
1: Um so Sorry. Um I had a burp. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'm not editing that out because, wow, you know. thanks. That's okay.
1: Love you too. <laughs> um So, you know, kind of going along with You know, everything that we do, you know, we do everything together. And I think sometimes people look in and they might see us as the perfect relationship. Yeah. Y'all don't have any problems. You don't have any issues. You don't argue, which honestly, we don't argue. Um, When we get frustrated, we'll like separate and then kind of clear our our thoughts separately. And then we'll come back together and just have a discussion.
0: Say a bunch of cuss words about each other in our mind. No. Yeah,
1: huh? he's an asshole. What
0: an asshole?
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're just, like, we have issues just like everybody else. Um, I think the biggest difference is, is how we handle them. Um, and we've had some things come up this week. And so I thought it'd be good to kind of talk about those and and just see how we handle them and how those who go through similar circumstances might be able to get some tips and tricks on how to do it without looking at each other and saying, you're an asshole
0: Yeah, and you can separate yeah. and do
1: it in your mind instead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a classic passive aggressive. <laughs> no, yeah. <I'm> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, working together, uh, having the mindset that um, we are at home together all the time. Now, no, like people don't have the same situation. So they, they might not get the, the importance of really becoming one and working together because, you know, when couples both work at nine to five and then they come home and have dinner, they might have an hour together. Um, yeah. We have all day together.
1: Probably 23 hours and 45 minutes a day. Yeah. Together. It doesn't
0: mean that like you're not doing your thing and I'm not doing my thing. Yeah. Or if we're working together in the same space, we might be you might be listening to your podcast I'll be listening to mine and so there's this yeah we're we're together um though we might be doing different activities but the reality is is that we are we are home a lot together um that means there's there's a lot of opportunity uh to rub each other the wrong way there's a lot more opportunity or the right way (laughs) I don't think most men know the benefit of having sex whenever they want. I just put that out there. Like I or know, even I, know, women, I like, know that I haven't made because okay. I think that, you know, um, you know, some men, you know, I don't know. Once a know. month,
1: once every two months. Yeah. Twice and that, a year. you
0: know, and, and they're working in nine to five or three to 11 or swing shift or whatever. And so during that time, like I could pause at any moment, like, and we could be intimate, you know, almost yeah. any moment. Um, that is a sidetrack wow but well, what a blessing what a blessing
1: <laughs> it is right because uh, it's a great way to add spice variety um to our lives
0: yeah so working together since we are together <laughs> all this uh uh chance to rub each other wrong way misunderstandings and all of that different stuff and being able to um navigate through those things I think it's yeah. key.
1: Yeah. And it is, you know, the, like right now we have, like we updated everybody in the last episode. Um, I've become a certified um, essential oil coach. We're now working on a holistic life coach um, certification. And while we're going through that, because I mean, we're kind of honestly just doing it to have the certification. Because we've both worked in this field so for so long. Yeah. Um and we've created courses before. There's just you have created courses before, not me. Um we know what we're doing. We've done this for eons now. But we're creating our own program. One for us to be able to coach people who want to be coaches, but also kind of a curriculum outline type thing for us to coach other people. Yeah. And in doing this, we're taking your ideas and we're taking my ideas and creating one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a recipe for a lot of frustration, right?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Even for the best of relationships.
0: <laughs> right, right. I mean,
1: we have a, a pretty dang good relationship and we are really good at communication and we still have frustrations with this.
0: So I wanted to point out an obvious uh uh assumption here and that is the thing that we need the most is kind of friction and difficulty doing and becoming one and becoming on the same page doesn't just happen. No. And there's a lot of challenges and roadblocks into getting on the same page and becoming one and I think that's why people don't do it. Um because they kind of have to bust through the uncomfortable moments.
1: Well, even for me, though, um, the other day, I don't remember exactly what it was, but we were trying to do something. I thought I knew exactly what we were doing. You thought you knew exactly what we were doing. But then as we were talking more and we're doing things, I'm like, we're on two different pages here. Yeah. He knows... You know, you knew what you were talking about because you're the one that created it. I thought I knew what you were creating, but I didn't. And so then it was like all this frustration was building up. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what the heck? And like, I legit, I don't know how long I resisted getting up and just walking to the bedroom. Uh Because I was so frustrated. It was like, I don't know what you're doing. You don't know what I'm thinking we're on two different pages. This is frustrating. You want it your way. I want it my way. We have to meet in the middle, but I don't want to. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. like it, it's super easy to have those moments come up, and they've come up quite a bit lately. Yeah. Um. I you know each time for me that it comes up, I just kind of want to walk in the other room and say screw it. Mm-hmm. But I know I can't.
0: Yeah. Like I or have to could. sit here and
1: do, I could. Yeah. But then when I come back, it's still going to be sitting there. Yeah. So do I face it now in the moment?
0: I'd imagine that, um, uh, um, you know, people with different personalities and stuff there, there's natural things where, uh, <laughs> I'm recognized. I'm probably pretty hard to work with. And I think the reason why I'm so hard to work with is because, everything's inside of my brain and maybe I'm assuming everybody else should know what's inside of my brain. Yeah. Or I have a vision of the way things could be. And I haven't communicated that effectively. And I'm like, let's go for the ride. And you're like, where are we going? I'm like, I think you should know where we're going. Right. I don't know where we're going. And so there's this kind of like, you know, I I must be kind of difficult to work with. I imagine.
1: (laughs) Um, it can be we've known each other for five years and so I've gotten to know you quite well um and so a lot of times I can I can decipher things but like with this program I couldn't do it um and so we just had to sit down and have a conversation about it and I had to go back to a point where I cannot create curriculum That is not my strong point. I don't have the ability to do it. I don't have the desire to do it. Mm -hmm. You do. Mm -hmm. And so I just have to come to a point where it's like, you do your thing. You come to me, you explain it thoroughly. (laughs) How come you emphasize thoroughly? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you think on that point. Wow. (laughs) Um, And then explain to me what you need from me because I'm a refiner. You can come and you can create your stuff and then I can come look at it. Well, let's change this. Let's do it this way. What do you think of this idea? I can refine something. I can't create something. Yeah. And so for me, a lot of this last week has been about reminding myself that you're a creator and I'm a refiner and both roles are needed. Yeah. We couldn't do it if we were both refiners or both creators. Yeah. And so just accepting our our strengths and our weaknesses and just kind of rolling yeah. with it.
0: Yeah. You know, I kind of see myself as um definitely a creator in like throwing things down and and there you go. Check it this out. It's like I don't know, sixty percent, right? Yeah. But you know, pioneering something and getting something started. Um, I mean, getting up to 60% is like amazing. Um, you know, but talking about strength and weaknesses, like if I want the next 40% or whatever it is, it could be 50%. I don't know. (laughs) But if I want the next level or the next effectiveness, then that's going to have to come through another person. Yeah. Um, you know, and really knowing and understanding that I think is key.
1: It is. And knowing that it's okay, like accepting that that's how you are and yeah. knowing that in order to move forward, you can't do it without me.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's the same with me. I can't move forward without you.
0: Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, each person's, um, personality band and stuff, you know, fitting into the right, um, team, uh, for example, having a team of all intellectuals um, it's going to cause you a lot of problems. Oh yeah. Um, having a team of all happy go lucky party friendly people, you're going to have some serious problems. <laughs> um, so it doesn't matter. Like when you, when you have a team or, or, or stuff, like if there's not like diversity, then there's not uh, different thoughts and stuff. So,
1: well, and it goes back to every good leader, knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses And he builds his team around him based on his strengths and weaknesses. So those areas where he's weak, he hires someone who's strong in that aspect. Yeah. And that's key to having a successful team. You cannot have everyone around you that are identical to you Mm -hmm. because if everybody's creators, you're screwed. Yeah. If everybody's refiners, well, nothing's ever going to get started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got to give me something to refine and make better. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I don't know. It just comes down to accepting your strengths and weaknesses, accepting your strengths and weaknesses and just working together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to take a question. Um, We did a question on Facebook as we do uh, very periodically and um let me get every couple days yeah 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 so this question was how does your spouse participate in your happiness that's one question and are they the sole source of your happiness why let's answer the first one first how does your spouse spouse (laughs) your spouse (laughs) how do your spouse (laughs) (laughs) participate in your happiness
1: Okay, can Go you ahead. say that one more time?
0: How does your spouse, <laughs> spouse, participate in your happiness?
1: You know, I can do things that are within my control to make you happy. If I know that rubbing your back makes you happy or makes you feel good, I'm going to do that because I know you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard to just answer that one part of the yeah, question. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll start and then maybe we'll go into the whole question.
1: Okay. Yeah, let's like, do that.
0: Uh, so, so how do you participate in, in uh, your spouse's happiness? Um, first, well, they got to be happy, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's you gonna can't be take- nothing, Yeah, to participate in if, uh, if they're not happy. So if they are uh, pursuing uh, fulfilledness and, uh, and that sort of thing, Um, then you can like participate in that and kind of co-create that together. But this brings me to a a very important point that we talked about with uh, one of our daughters because she's doing a uh, a Maslow's Hierarchy of Human Needs in Psychology. And she has to write about a person who is um, at that upper level of fulfillment and transcending uh, themselves. And it was so funny that she mentioned us. I was like, yeah like you go girl that's that's what i'm talking about yeah. and then i'm like is it because um you had very few selections
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that um, was funny that was funny. we all died laughing
0: yeah um but you know we do try to um uh, pursue fulfillment and in, in, uh really give ourselves what we need. So that's saying if your spouse is giving themselves what they need and they're pursuing fulfillment and they're overall happy, absolutely. You can participate that. But on the flip side, right? Is that if they're miserable, misery loves company that you can also participate inside of their misery.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, if you think about it, if your spouse is miserable, they're always upset. They're always angry. They're always frustrated. They're always down. And then we'll just say, so as a wife, if you're always like that and then your husband comes along all peppy and excited and, oh, let's do this and trying to do stuff to make you happy, you're going to be like, dude, take your freaking like happy-go-lucky jolly ass out of here.
0: Yeah, that's what happens when like a wife's... uh, uh, renew their commitment to church and the husbands don't, or the wife start taking yoga and self-improvement and the husbands don't. It's like, Oh, the church, Oh, the foo-foo. Oh, you know, and there, there's like this great imbalance. So, um, yeah, actually being able to participate in someone's happiness, they, they actually have to be happy themselves,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're miserable, you are going to make your spouse miserable. Every time he or she comes to you and is trying to do something that makes you happy yeah. and is the one that's trying to make the other person happy. You're going to drive yourself crazy. What's wrong with me? I can't ever make them happy. And yeah, it's, it's just a losing battle.
0: What a terrible uh, place to be in. Yeah. So are they the sole source of your happiness? Why? No. Let's talk about that.
1: Absolutely not. Cause nobody can make you happy, but yourself.
0: Boom. Mic drop. Damn. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, happiness starts with you, Uh huh. you know, like that stupid corny meme meme that went around Facebook. I don't even know how long ago. What was it? It was like two stick figures. And one of them is like, I don't even remember what it was, but it was something about like, Oh, happiness comes from inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah. corny one. Yeah. It's truth, though.
0: It is true. I think um, you know, in our therapy culture, it gets kind of overused. Maybe there's not a bit understanding to it, but really seeking fulfillment on internal things and not external. Yeah. And um, seeing that you know, I'm my happiness is going to be produced inside of my mindset and my thoughts and um, the behaviors that I choose to adopt and stuff. It starts with me. That's yeah. what I think I'm getting at happiness yeah, it starts with you and fulfillment starts with me. Yeah. So I think when anything becomes a source of our happiness, um, it could be a little shaky because say our source of happiness is our, our politician winning. Our source of happiness is the uh, great economy. Our source of happiness is, um, you know, some sexual encounter conquest, you know, as men uh, get in the habit of doing that, you know, if that's where happiness comes from, um, we are going to end up empty. Yeah. Very empty. Yeah,
1: they're all external things and anything that is external can be taken away from you. Yeah. And so if all your happiness is tied up in external things, like it's... You're happy there. one
0: minute and the other way the next minute. Yeah. Based upon circumstances. Yeah,
1: your happiness is just a roller coaster up yeah. one minute, down the next.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: And you can't control it. But if you can look at inside and find happiness inside, then you can, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's okay.
0: You can, uh, it, really starts, inside. it starts, yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the que- uh, comments was, uh, maybe someday I got to find one for me. <laughs> I totally get what they're talking about is, you know, they have to begin a relationship. Let me see if I can find another one. Okay. Uh, This sounds like a lot of pressure for a spouse to become the source.
1: Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Because if like your happiness is dependent upon me, that's, that's a huge job for me. And that's a monumental undertaking.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. So if I'm responsible for my happiness and I'm like doing everything that I need to be fulfilled and then I come along um, and take responsibility for your happiness. Now all of a sudden I got like two people's fulfillment on my shoulders, but we don't stop there. Let's just get real. And then we start going to our children and then we start taking that mentality into our work. And here's the ultimate like slap in the face is that we're wondering why we have the weight of the world on our shoulders.
1: Yeah, because you're taking on everybody's problems, everyone's happiness, everyone's responsibilities, and now it's on your shoulders and now you become depressed. Yeah. Because yeah. you feel like you're not enough. Yeah. One person is not enough to take on the responsibility, the happiness, the everything of other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we do this probably with good intentions because I know me personally, one of my personality strengths and both weaknesses is that do I am, you know, I I, I want to serve. I want to help people. Um, And then that carried to the extreme is that, um, of course, I want to make people happy. um, But can I be okay when other people aren't happy? I think that's the key because, you know, you show up to work and your boss, you know, somebody farted on his pillow. He's having all kinds of marital difficulties. He shows up at work. He's an asshole, right? Um, Coming in there with the mindset that I'm going to make this asshole happy, it's probably not going to be beneficial for my mindset because his happiness has absolutely nothing to do with me. Somebody farted on his pillow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that you know, so so often, you know, we've been talking about this a lot lately about um, the whole tr- like new counseling therapy um, method, maybe I don't know, where you find who to blame for all your issues. Yeah. Um, and so, at some point, we both hugely believe, and people are over therapied. Yeah. I believe in counseling to an extent, with a caveat being, do you have a good counselor who wants to ultimately not have you as their client? Because you are so you're doing so good you don't need it. Yeah. Um, I think life coaching for adults is a much better option because counseling looks at the past, life coaching looks at the future
0: yeah yeah um i want to share a stat on that real quick okay. because 15 15 percent of those who go to therapy get worse and you could chalk that up to you know they weren't participating blah 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 um, but another 40 percent don't change whatsoever so now we have like 55 percent um that therapy does not work for so we have a 45 percent that uh that might get healthy and we have to ask ourselves: is that placebo <laughs> You know what I mean? Because there's, there's so many detrimental, detrimental things that can come from therapy that, um, there's been thousands of articles written. I don't, that's not my expertise, but you can check them out for yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, and when, when you go down the counseling and therapy route, because they're looking at the past, you're looking at my mom did this. My dad did this. The, the religion did this. The, and all these things, you're just compiling them and building this huge, huge mountain in front of you and you can't be happy because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. And you'll only be able to be happy is if you overcome all those things. But the way I look at it is like, okay, what percentage of the United States has been screwed up by religion?
0: <laughs> A lot, Like. Yeah.
1: I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I mean, there are good religious people out there. Yeah. But you know,
0: there's there's so much spiritual abuse, and yeah. that is you know setting uh, uh, the pastor or the leader as your life leader and, and then beginning to control and dominate your life and so religion yeah it can be a highly highly detrimental thing for yeah. for somebody's life
1: so if you look at those things that affected you negatively through a religion um, if there's x y and z and that has been ingrained into you and you can't be happy because of those well you have to look at it and kind of be like X, Y, and Z was taught to me when I was a child. I don't believe those things. Yeah. They're wrong. Well, why are you letting it affect your happiness today?
0: Yeah. Well, Move that's an honest question. And I think true maturity and, and definitely maturity inside of self-improvement um, challenges that faulty logic. Yeah. because. Yeah. Like, for example, me personally, I was taught all kinds of things, but one of the most thing that was absolutely drilled into me is that, uh, God will not accept you when you sin, which correlates to that. His love is very conditional. And then if I make a mistake that, uh, um, he no longer loves me. Yeah. And, uh, what this <laughs> does is like, okay, so I don't measure up. I'm not worthy um, and this is, this kind of mentality is, is ingrained deep in people, you know, as children and as they grow up and they're wondering why they're living in shame, uh, and, uh, can't seem to get things right, you know?
1: Yeah. But if you can overcome and you can combat those thoughts.
0: With the truth. And those yeah. beliefs. Yeah. Challenge them.
1: Challenge them. Then it's like, oh, that's all BS. So I can be happy. Yeah. You know, I used to have a sign up when I lived in Texas in my house and it um, it was right by the front door. So every time I went out the door, I, I read the sign and it was happiness is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. And That's it is good. so true because a if you get the guy, are you going to be happy? That's it. Like you got the guy or the girl. Yeah. Now I'm happy. Yeah. Well, what if you lose that guy or you lose that well, girl?
0: <laughs> there's this old, uh. Uh, saying it's it's familiarity breeds contempt and what it means is that the the new car smell wears off yes and uh, everybody is excited about the new car but the way life works is that um that there is a process that you go through that nothing remains new (laughs) and fresh and has that smell and um there comes a time where you have to actually maintain that smell <laughs> mm-hmm. and maintain that cleanness. Yes. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So another person said, no one can make someone else happy. I totally agree. Uh, happiness is a choice. Absolutely. Uh, putting that responsibility on your spouse is unfair and it's bound to lead to disappointment. Mm.
1: Yeah. Cause if I expect you to make me happy and then you don't, Well, why do you not make me happy? Yeah. So you can't put your happiness in someone else's hands. You have to be responsible for it no matter what somebody else says, no matter what somebody else does, no matter what your past shows, you choose to be happy. You know, a lot of people like, well, you just don't get it. You didn't. Come on. I lived in hell. I was camped out in hell (laughs) for (sighs) months dealing with stuff. Life and death, life and death issues. Yeah, on a daily basis for months. Yeah, and I finally got to a point. It's like you know what? I can continue down this path of depression and, um, but the things that were happening were outside of my control. Um, it was with another person. Um, yeah, and it was something I had to deal with on a daily basis. Um, and I could sit there and choose to be miserable. But I had an amazing counselor. He was the kind of counselor who he didn't want me as a patient because he wanted me to get better.
0: Yeah. So he was
1: doing everything he could to get me to get me to a point I didn't need him. Yeah. And one day he was like every every time I'd go in. How are you today? I'm fine. (laughs) You know, and he finally was like, you know, you can be happy. I I know exactly what you're going through and I know it's hell and I know you're camped out in hell right now and you don't have a choice, but you have a choice over...
0: Your response.
1: Your your response, your behaviors, your actions.
0: Yeah. You have that choice. That is such a a stoic philosophy and mindset. I think that's probably why it was so effective because this is really uh, grounded inside of solid principles that will really help you inside of life, you know? Because yeah. We all have storms. The goal is to not allow these storms to make us bitter, to get us in unforgiveness, to allow us to get into anger and frustrated. the goal is to be able to walk through some of these storms, um, with your head held high, um, knowing that there's hope that you're going to get through it and saying, you know, what I could still smile at times and you know, all of these different things. So.
1: powerful you know and that for me was a a life altering moment because the next week when I went in there like throughout that week I had been thinking about it and I was doing little things for me because I needed it I needed some sort of reprieve and I remember one day I was driving and I thought you know I'm happy today and I actually took a selfie that day to remind myself that it was the first time I felt any sort of happiness in months. Yeah. I, I mean, it legit had to have been four months, I think, since I had felt happy at all. Yeah. The circumstances did not change one bit, but it was me choosing to be happy. Yeah. And it was monumental. Yeah. Um. You know, like I was saying, it was, it was just a monumental moment, a life-changing moment for me that no matter what's going on in life, you can be happy, but you have to choose that.
0: All right. We're going to wrap it up with that thought. And that is this, that, you know, inside the realms of our relationships, it's our relationship to God, relationship to our spouse, uh, relationship with ourselves and a our relationship with our kids and stuff that bringing this thought into that mindset and saying that I'm going to choose to be happy in this area, these areas of my life, and not only that, but I'm gonna show up inside of those relationships and really display that, uh, I think is really, really powerful.